Hi there, I'm Robert Nedgen, host of the Information Security Podcast. Today, we are live from the Information Security Summit 2019 event in Cleveland, Ohio, where thought leaders and industry experts come together for three days of intriguing discussion, networking, and learning. I'm speaking with Eric Vanderberg. Welcome to the Information Security Podcast. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to be talking about incident response under the microscope. When you say, let's put incident response under a microscope, why do we need to do that? Well, when you, when you put something under a microscope, you know, you're, you're taking something that's not visible and you're making it visible. And so incident response is uh, you know, a topic that many people they maybe understand what it is, but not how to implement it within their organization and uh, you know, what it means for them. So you know, that's what, why we're here to talk about it, make it a little bit clearer and more in focus. Share it amongst uh, people who, uh, the wide range of people who have got great information security programs to people who are saying, uh, what do I do? Where do I get started? And finding that out. Exactly. Um, now, just a little bit about your background. Um, I'm reading your bio here. You're a cybersecurity leader, consultant, author, thought leader. And in fact, it goes even to more detail. Say you're a Christian cybersecurity leader. And, and frankly, I love that title. You're passionate about your work, but you're also passionate about doing things that have meaning. Maybe you can share a little bit about yourself and, and how all this fits together. Sure. I've been involved in the cybersecurity and IT industry for at least 20 years now. And, uh, you know, you see the the books and, you know, social media and, and all that. And that's, uh, it kind of came out of the whole social community responsibility. You know, there's things that you do for your clients, but then there's a benefit to uh, people overall. And so trying to reach out to them uh, uh, and educate them, keep them up to date on new things and also collaborate. There's a lot of things I learned from others in the industry and, uh, and peers, you know, maybe through social media, maybe through all these different connections that you make at, at events like this that uh, have, you know, fueled my career and, and helped me to, uh, to become better. But, you know, I've authored several books and those opportunities come up and it's just been great to, to be able to seize that on, you know, uh, storage and, and cloud technologies. And then... Uh, uh, you know, serve on different boards, but you know my main role, of course, is at TCDI, where I'm the vice president of cybersecurity, and so we, uh, you know, I run the division. And that's everything from incident response to pen testing, cybersecurity assessments, and managed services. Now, this is not just a, a job for you. This is this is a passion of yours. You kind of have to live it. You know, my wife gets annoyed at me because I'll <laughs> I'll be somewhere and I'll say, "Oh boy, you know, uh, it'd be so easy to hack this," or you know, "I can't believe that guy only has a five character stuff. password or something." Because yes. you see, yes. what, you know, what people are typing in, or or when the password is written down on a kiosk or something like that, or when somebody you know leaves the keys hanging in a door that says authorized entry only. You know, yes, those are things yes. that really stand out or to me. Or the post-it note on the monitor or something of that sort. All of those things, or, yeah. Or the, you know, the, the various television shows that, that have as part of the story some information security nugget, and you look at that and you just roll your eyes and you have to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's dramatized in the wrong fashion, like, oh, yeah, everybody. Can... You know, I think anybody in a specialized industry knows uh, that TV just elaborates and, and makes it makes a lot up they, because yes. they got to tell a story. Uh, they, but you know, I, st I still love right. the movie Hackers, even though it's completely fake. Yes, yes. So, how would you define incident response? Sure. So, well, first you have to understand, you know, what is an incident, and so an incident is is some event that's causing harm to either the, the company or to uh, its customers or stakeholders based on data that it uh, it owns or, or maintains, and so. 
then your response is going to be, you know, whatever, you know, this is reactive, but whatever actions you have to take in order to uh, address that incident, remediate it, contain it, and investigate it. Why do we have to define an incident response program? Why can't we just do it on the fly? And it's like, oh, something happened. Oh, let's just deal with it. Well, you just think about any crisis situation. And uh, the actions you take are typically not the best ones. You know, you you make snap judgments, uh, you, you you jump on the first uh, idea that maybe pops into your head, and uh, that's it can lead to a lot of uh, bad decisions. I mean, we've certainly seen it when, let's say, you have a, a data breach and or you have a compromised machine, and the first step is to uh, wipe and restore the machine. Well, it just removed all of the evidence. So you, you want to think clearly. Yeah, yeah ahead That's of time. a big oops. It's, it's a huge oops, and it happens way more often than you'd think. Because the natural reaction is, oh, problem, step out the problem. Right. And they've just destroyed the evidence to follow up on that problem. And because... without the evidence, you really have to assume the worst. You know, we'll be asked, okay, well, uh, what was the scope of the breach? We know a breach happened, but uh, which individuals were impacted? You know, well, unfortunately, you know, you overwrote the logs or something like that, and and now we have to assume the worst. So how much data did you have on individuals? All right, well, that's the scope of the breach. You don't want to be in that situation. So flying by the seat of your pants and dealing with things, that's not what we want to do in incident response. No, you, you want to think through it when your your head's clear, when you can bring all the resources to the table and then outline, here are the exact steps we're going to do. And then let's prep for it. Let's train and practice it. Just like you have a, you know, the uh, the bomb drills and the school bus drills and all of that, and, and it becomes second nature. You want this to be second nature. At this nature. conference yesterday, uh, many were privileged to hear Dr. Harrison Schmidt speak, uh, an astronaut, part of Apollo 17, last man still living to have walked on the moon. And one of the things he expressed in Apollo programs is he said, when we were on those missions, we trained for everything. And the thing we trained for the most was solving problems. And it, that stuck with me. The thing we trained for the most was solving problems. So when problems occurred, there wasn't panic. It was like, oh, okay, it's a problem. Let's just deal with it. And I think about that with incident response. Incident response is a way of, of a lot of us IT people who admittedly, you know, with the independent nature of, of the PC era, making a lot of us uh, rogues liking to think on the fly. Incident response is a way of herding that into a more structured activity. So... Thinking about that, what are the critical elements in, in your mind of a of a incident response model? Well, I'd say that the first thing would be to you got to understand what you have. I don't know how many times I've gone into uh, an incident response situation, let's say a data breach, and the company says, oh, "Well, we didn't even realize we had that server." And so, of course, if they don't know they have they have it, then they're not patching it, they're not updating it, they're not you know deleting data from it because uh, it's just sitting out there. So first you want to know what data do we have? Where does it reside? Is it on you know, employees' machines at home, on phones, out in the cloud? You know, people have set up cloud services. It's so easy now. And you put data up there, and then you decide, oh, I'm going to move to a different cloud service. What was the data ever removed? And then you know, after you know what do you have, then you have to assign some level of risk to it. And so it's, you know, what are the threats, and, uh, and then what's the uh, impact to that? And then you create the plan. And the key word is plan. Yeah, documented steps on what you're going to do in the case of an incident. And then, and this also includes, what does an incident look like in training individuals on uh, how to notice an incident and who to report it to? And all of this takes time. It does. Yeah, it, it definitely is an investment. And that's something that stakeholders need to understand is this is not something that's just a five-minute deal. It 
properly done, it's going to take some time. Yeah, you can't just download a, a document from the internet and say, okay, I got an instant response plan. But it's so important to make that time investment, isn't it? It is because you know you see that the time you spend preparing for an incident is going to reduce the the damages and the the impact of an incident exponentially. So one dollar you know is going to result in ten dollars of savings after the incident. And today it's it's just inevitable that you know your company is going to have an incident at some point. Now, is this just a great idea, or are there regulations that say that companies have to have an incident response plan? Is there any compelling reason beside, gee, this is a good idea. This is what those security nerds call best practice. Yeah, there, there certainly are definitely the, the best practice documents from NIST and, and others that say have this, but then also the regulations. And pretty much every major regulation out there is, is requiring an incident response plan. Do companies get in trouble if they don't have one? Yeah, you can be fined for not having one. You know, Wait, but this can cost money beside the cost of the incident? Yeah, that's, you they can, can have fine regulatory me? fines. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, and I, I satirize that comment a little bit, but this is, this can be really expensive if it's not done. Yeah, because, you know, once you have the incident, you finish it, and, and then you get the, the auditor to come on in and say, all right, so what did you do, and where was the plan? And they want to see, did you follow the plan? Did you do everything that you documented? Now, you're not an attorney, but you work for attorneys. Yes, I work with attorneys all the time. And uh, they understand the cost of not doing something that one is legally compelled to do it's more expensive to clean it up afterward than to deal with it ahead of time. Are there thoughts that come to your mind uh, in, in very general terms, obviously, without disclosing specific events that where somebody wishes they had an, uh, an incident response plan and, and didn't have one and it really, really hurt them? Well, of course, we've seen all the mistakes that happen from not having it. Kind of some of the things we discussed earlier where you just, you know, you ruin evidence or you, know, you made some poor decisions and, and make the incident worse. But then from the legal point of view, uh, there are those who've said, well, okay, what, if, it, if, if it comes up, you know, I, I doubt it's going to happen to me. What they call it, there's a term called this, uh, oh, now I forget, internal locus of something. But anyway, it, uh, it means that I think that I'm not, you know, I'm it's not going to happen not to gonna, me suffer from the incident, uh, it's much less likely for me than it is for everybody else. The, the scenario that I've liked to describe, probably because of my age group, but uh, people who you know were kids in the 60s remember a certain cartoon called Mr. Magoo. And Mr. Magoo would, you know, the opening of the cartoon, he would walk through this construction zone and all this mayhem happened mm-hmm, around yeah. him and he walked out totally unscathed because he was very lucky. And I often think to myself, that describes many companies in the field of information security. They don't think it's a big deal because they've been lucky. They've and they never have the, had anything hit them. They have the glasses off too, yes. so they don't see it. Yes, yes. They're just walking through life, uh, walking through the industry. Un- until, you know, oh man, it just happened to me. And, you know, then they, then they uh, hear about it. So, you know, how do organizations prepare for the future? Where, where, if somebody just doesn't have an incident response plan, how do they get started? Do they have to hire a bunch of people? Do they have to bring in organizations? Uh, where do they start? Well, it certainly can help to bring in somebody who's very familiar with the incident response uh, planning process. You can, yes, you know, could you listen to podcasts and, and go and try to do it yourself? You could, but it's going to uh, you're probably not going to result in the It's kind of like trying plan. to fix your own car today. That's probably easier said than done. Yeah, people watch YouTube videos all the time. And, and right, do you, do you fix it or does it break it in six months? I mean, I've done some, some cool things with YouTube. Some things, uh, yes, and some things, eh, maybe it's better to have somebody else There's a time when I take it to the mechanic, for yes. sure. And, you know, when you're talking about making the right plan, you want to get somebody who's, who's knowledgeable to be able to tell you, here's the right thing for your business 
your industry. So what kind of topics should professionals become familiar with? Again, if they're not security nerds like us, if how would you tell him or her to proceed as they, they put together this incident response plan or they go back to those security nerds and say, yeah, you're right, we do need to have this incident response plan? Well, so it's going to first need to be more than just IT. They'll involve IT, but they're going to have to have oh, other Oh, it's not groups. just the IT nerds. No, yeah, they got to get the IT guys in, but they also have to get people from, let's say, human relations if uh, if it's, uh, or, or human resources, I mean, if it's, uh, you know, an employee issue. Because it can become personnel. Some of these are actionable issues. We have issues. a lot of internal threats that uh, we investigate, yeah. Or companies could be liable for somebody's oops. Uh-huh. And then you need public relations. How, how are you going to do the communications? You need senior management to make some of those key decisions. You might need a compliance department or a legal department in order to interpret uh, what's your obligation. And this could be an external attorney as well, um, determine what, what those notification requirements are. And, so and if you'll pardon my together. joke, uh, this is another one of those no lawyer left behind scenarios. Right. Yeah, legal help is going to definitely be a requirement. Well, Eric, if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you and find out more or, or follow you, how do they follow you? How do they get in touch with you? Well, it certainly is uh, via email. That's E underscore Vandenberg. That's V-A-N-D-E-R-B-U-R-G at TCDI.com. And then uh, Twitter, that's at E Vandenberg. Excellent. Well, Eric, good. Thank you for your time today. It was, it was a pleasure to speak with you, and I uh, appreciate your passion in in sharing about incident response. Uh, you know, from the heart, not just not just because it's your job, because you want to really help people make this work, and, and we appreciate that. Yeah, Thank it you. truly is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us on the Information Security Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview. You can listen to more from the Information Security Summit 2019, featuring keynotes and behind-the-scenes interviews with some of the summit's speakers by subscribing to the Information Security Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Or go to informationsecuritysummit.org. We'd like to give special thanks to our sponsors, ASMGI and Bright Skies. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay secure. Thank you.